write something in the comments so that we know who is with us. Um, today's an exciting day, isn't it, Catherine? Catherine's been super busy because today is our fall festival from 2 to 4 at the Casey Farm, and you can contact Catherine for directions. It's also on our children's page. But they're going to have a trunk or treat, and they're going to have hot dogs and a petting zoo. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I'm ready. Um, and then Tuesday, um, that's from 2 to 4, the, the trunk or treat. So you want to make sure you join us. Um, November 2nd, it's a Tuesday, from 10 to 4 in the gathering room. You are invited to come shop. They have Robbie's of Fayette that will be there. And a percentage of the sales of that will go to our children's uh, happy birthday Jesus party in December. It's going to be awesome. Pastor Sam's going to go shop, I bet. And then we have um, Showvember, our new sermon series starting next week. Uh, each Sunday uh, in the month of November, they're going to be uh, basing the sermon off of a Broadway musical song. And uh, next Sunday it is... Could we start again from the um, musical Jesus Christ Superstar? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Oh, Mary Magdalene and Peter. I don't know if you heard Pastor Sam, but it's going to be exciting. Um, And next Sunday is also All Saints Sunday. It's that Sunday when we remember those saints uh, who have passed away in the past year. Uh, We honor them and remember them next week. Um, So you're going to want to be a part of that as well. If you have a picture that you would like to be in the uh, slideshow of church members... Um, if you could get that to us by Wednesday, November 3rd. Um, and, and also our missions team this week is going to be taking Jack's Biscuits uh, in the morning to uh, the hospital. And it's going to be for both shifts. So the shift that's leaving is going to get Jack's Biscuits. And the shift coming in is going to get Jack's Biscuits. And they're going to have signs that say, Gadsden First Methodist and Jack's loves and appreciates you. So thank you for being a church that loves our hospital workers so much during this time. Uh, And lastly, I wanted to remind everyone there's a memorial service uh, for Mrs. Tomlin Isbell tomorrow uh, at 1 o'clock, and visitation is from 12 to 1. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this beautiful morning. I pray right now that you'll calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated, except for our children, because Miss Catherine's going to take our children to Children's Church. I'm excited about Trunk or Treat this afternoon. I'm not going to tell you what my outfit is going to be. I'm just going to have to, I'm going to let you guess. Let that be a little mystery, what I'm going to be dressed up as this afternoon. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I do want to uh, remind you that if you have a prayer request, I know sometimes we, we have a, something on our heart, we want to let our prayer team know. A couple of ways you can do that. We have some announcement sheets that you'll find by the, the offering plates, and there's a, there's a place on there that you can write your prayer request. You can tear it off and give it to me, and we will give it to our prayer team. We have not only have a prayer chain that goes by email, but we have a prayer team that meets and prays, and our staff prays over these prayer requests uh, every week. So we want to pray for you. You can also submit your prayer requests online. You can email them to us. You can, can mention them in the comments. I'm glad that you're worshiping with us. Um, if you're worshiping with us, even if you're not here and you're worshiping with us by live stream, you can still send your prayer request in. You can write those down, drop them in the offering plates. And also don't forget to drop your offering in the offering plate too. We, we need your support to keep up the ministries that we're doing. We're so proud of our church and, and for the impact that it's had on this community. And thank you so much for your support. I, I want to invite you to go with me now as we approach the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. God, we, we humbly approach your throne of grace today. Because as we do, we, we realize that um, we all fall short. We all, Lord, have things that we've done that we wish we hadn't have done. Maybe things that we said that we wish we could take back. So as we come before you today, we ask that you would forgive us where we failed you. And we also ask that you would give us the strength that you empower us by the Holy Spirit to be able to do better because Lord sometimes um, it's easy to get pulled into the orbit of this world and and to to just become a part of the system 
the system that goes against the way of love, the system that goes against the way of peace, the system that pulls all of the joy out of our lives, the system that is not faithful to you and your way. So God, help us to be a part of your kingdom. We want to, we want to be right on target with that. God, we, we come to you today um, also carrying heavy baggage. We have worries, Lord. We, we have concerns over friends that we have that are struggling right now. We have concerns just over the world, the shape of the world that we live in. We have concerns about ourselves, maybe that we haven't even spoken out loud to anybody. Could we just lift those up to you today, Heavenly Father, and, and just leave them before you and trust you with our, our needs, trust you with the needs of those that we love, trust you for the things that we cannot control, Lord, and trust you to give us courage to change the things that we can. Teach us now to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Thank you so much. Um, our, our music program here at, at Gadsden First United Methodist Church is so awesome. And I'm so thankful for it because there, there's, um, it's such a big part of our worship. And to tell you the truth, uh, music heals us in a way that, that other things uh, can't even touch. And, and that's, um, I'm so thankful for the way that we have such great music here. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles or look up on the screen if you want to follow along to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right. Teacher, you have truly said that he is one and besides him there is no other and to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he'd answered wisely, he said to them, you're not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any questions. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was growing up and we would have jobs to do on the farm, um, sometimes we'd have more than we could get done. You ever have those days you got more than you can just get done and you, and you just kind of have to get close to it. And my dad always used to say, and I never understood this as a kid growing up, my dad always used to say, well, son, that's close enough for government work. Have y'all ever heard that? So I, I didn't understand that as a kid, but later on in my life, I worked for a state agency that will go unnamed, and I understood a little bit better what it meant, close enough for government work. Sometimes close is good enough, right? You ever play horseshoes? Close, close is good enough. Ever throw hand grenades? Don't answer that. Horseshoes and hand grenades, right? Close is good enough, horseshoes and hand grenades. Um, but I have to tell you the truth today. I am in a baseball state of mind today, and many of you know why. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm holding off on doing the tomahawk chop in the worship service. It just would not be appropriate. But I do want to make a baseball reference today. Uh, but in order to do that, I'm going to take you in a time machine. So let's get in our time machine and let's go back 15 years ago to the American League Championship Series. It's the bottom of the ninth, and the bases are loaded, and there's two outs. And the Oakland A's are trailing the Detroit Tigers by three runs in the second game of the American League Championship Series. And coming up to the plate is, well, I've always been a baseball fan, y'all. And coming up to the plate is the big hurt. 
Frank Thomas. If you're an Auburn person or if you're a White Sox fan, you know who the big hurt is. He steps up to the plate. Now, Frank Thomas is not as young as he used to be. He's, he's kind of not in his prime. He's still a great hitter. He, he was always with the White Sox all of those years, but now he's kind, of, he's kind of in the second level of his career. He's with the Oakland A's, but you could feel the electricity in the air. This is his moment. You see, if, if Frank Thomas gets up there and he hits a grand slam, then Oakland wins the game, right? All he has to do is just hit a grand slam and it'll be a walk-off. So the, the pitcher uh, throws a fastball that's just right in, in the big Hertz wheelhouse, right? And he connects with it, just bam! And that ball is, is towering fly ball to center field and it goes as far as the warning track. And the center fielder catches it. If he had just hit the ball just a couple of centimeters more solidly, just, just, just that much, he got so close. Okay, so I'm also in a football frame of mind. Uh, I went kind of 50-50 yesterday. I mean, Auburn won, but Michigan State beat Michigan, so it wasn't happy there. But um, And happy birthday, Nick Saban, for all you Alabama fans. Right? So we're going to get back in our time machine. We're going to, this time we're going to go back to 1979, the Sugar Bowl, right? Bear Bryant is worried that his defense is not going to be up to the challenge of the number one ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. And he's always was growling about something, and this time he was always worried about that, that powerful offense of Penn State. But so far they had been, but this is the fourth quarter, and Penn State had driven down, and they had gotten down to like the one-foot line. And all they had to do was, was get over the goal line, and they would tie the game, and they handed the ball to their best tailback. Mike Gumman was his name, and he got that close to making a touchdown. The Alabama, an Alabama linebacker named Barry Krause. I don't know if y'all remember Barry Krause, but an Alabama linebacker named Barry Krause met him right at the goal line, and he didn't make it. And Alabama won 14 to seven, winning their 10th national championship. Penn State got so close, so close. But you know what? In baseball. And in football, close isn't good enough, is it? All right, so back in our time machine again, and this time we're going all the way back to the first century, and we're going to watch Jesus have a conversation with a group of people. Jesus has been talking to this group. He's been, basically, he's been grilled by the chief priests and the scribes and the elders and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're trying to trap him. Really, they're trying to catch him in saying something that could be used against him. And it always amazed me how everybody tried, but everybody failed because Jesus just would not be trapped like that. And his wisdom and the way he answered the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees impressed one guy that was there. He was a scribe. 
And Jesus' ability to stump the Sadducees really impressed this scribe. And the scribe came up and asked Jesus, this time a legitimate question. He wasn't trying, this scribe wasn't trying to trap Jesus. He was asking him a question that was a very common question in the Jewish tradition. You see, they had 613 principles, 613 laws, 613 precepts that they were supposed to live by, 613. I have a hard enough time remembering the Ten Commandments. I can't imagine remembering 613. There were 365 negative precepts, thou shalt not, and 248 positive precepts, thou shalt. And it was a very common thing. It was kind of like a pastime, a hobby for rabbis and philosophers to to maybe sit around under the shade of a sycamore tree or something like that and to bat back and forth. Well, which one do you think is most important? Which one out of those 613? What if you had to sum it all up into one? Which would be the most important? So that's what the scribe asked Jesus to do. Teacher, could you just sum it up? Which one's the most important? He liked Jesus' answers to that point. As a matter of fact, he was really, really happy that Jesus had put down the Sadducee the way that he had since the Sadducees and the scribes didn't see eye to eye on several things. So the guy asked Jesus, what command is the first and foremost command? Jesus, every ear would have been turned to Jesus. They wanted to see what he said, right? And the first part of Jesus' response to this guy would not have surprised anybody. Jesus said exactly what they expected him to hear. The traditional answer was from Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5, something every Jew knew. It was the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. It was the foundation of Judaism, really the foundation of Judaism is there's one God and you love that God with everything you've got. This was quoted, the Shema was quoted at the beginning of every synagogue service. The Shema, which the word is the first word of that verse, it means hear. The Shema was was worn in the phylacteries, the little leather boxes which Orthodox Jews wore on their foreheads and on their wrists when they were at prayer. The Shema was inside the little cylindrical box called the mezuzah, which even today you see on the doorposts of every Jewish household and on the door of every room in the house so that when they're coming in and they're going out, they're reminded of the Shema. So when Jesus said that, when he quoted the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. When he quoted that, he scored a touchdown. He scored a touchdown. And then Jesus did something that no rabbi had really done before him. He kicked the extra point. He added to the Shema a quote from Leviticus 19.18. He said, there's a second one that goes with it. And it's like this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. He paired the two together, you see. 
the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Well, this impressed everybody. As a matter of fact, if, if it had been like um, a camp meeting style service, everybody would have been saying, Amen, brother. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to practice that. I'm going to say uh, the first part of that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I want all of y'all to say, uh, come on, humor me. I know we're Methodists, but hey, you know, Methodists used to say amen. So um, I'm going to say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first and greatest commandment. And then I want you to say amen really loud, right? And make, make, make the church across the street wondering what's going on in here, right? You ready? So the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Boy, y'all are good at that. That kind of surprised me how good you were at that. So, um, so by saying amen, you know, we're really inches from the goal line. We're, we're really, we've hit a long fly ball all the way to the, we're, we're that close by saying amen to that. But you know, the kingdom of God isn't horseshoes and it isn't hand grenades. You're not far from the kingdom, Jesus said. You're really, really close. So, I'm curious as to what might have kept this scribe from getting across the goal line. What was it that made him close but not quite there? Right? What was it that... that now, remember when I say the kingdom of... He said you're close to the kingdom of God. It's, he's not talking about heaven. He's talking about the rule of God in this person's heart, in our hearts, the rule of God in our hearts. The kingdom of God is among you, Jesus said. When Jesus, he said, the kingdom of God is here right in front of your face. So what was it that kept this scribe from making that last inch crossing the goal line? What was it that kept the scribe from hitting it over the fence? Well, we can make an educated guess about this guy. We can make more than an educated guess about ourselves, each of us in our own heart, but we can make an educated guess about what kept this scribe from making it all the way. Maybe, maybe he was too much of a grown-up. Because you see, Jesus had just said that in order to receive the kingdom of God, a person had to enter it like a child in Mark 10, 15. Maybe this scribe was just not able to have a childlike trust to just believe, to just believe. Maybe his heart had grown calloused and hard. Sometimes, you know, sometimes having a hard life can give you a hard heart. And it's hard to just believe like a child. Maybe the scribe was too attached to his material possessions in order to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus had just been saying in Mark 10, he had just been saying how hard it was for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it was for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Maybe it was the fact that the, rich, the scribe was just too attached to his material possessions. Maybe that's what kept him from getting all the way there. Maybe the scribe thought that he was already good enough on his own. He really didn't need any help. 
Because when Jesus first started preaching the kingdom of God, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand in Mark 1. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here. So repent, which means turn around and believe the good news. Maybe the scribe thought, well, I don't have anything to repent of. I'm doing it all right. The good news must be for somebody else. It's not for me. It's not for me. All these things are possible reasons why the scribe got that close to the kingdom, but not quite there. Maybe it's something that you can relate to in your life. I certainly can. I certainly can, I certainly can relate to having a heart that gets a little bit hard, an attitude that gets just cynical and forgets to just trust God like a child. I certainly can relate to being attached to things and material possessions. I, I understand that. I understand kind of being full of myself and not realizing I need to humble myself and repent. One more reason why the scribe might not have gotten there was maybe maybe the kingdom of God and the good news was just here in his head, but it didn't get down to his heart. Let me explain what I mean. When Jesus, talking to this scribe, he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, Jesus was using the second person singular, you shall love, when he was talking to this scribe. And I know know you're thinking, well, Pastor Sam, I'm not in the English class. But let me tell you what that means. It means that Jesus was saying you. Imagine this, this scribe's name was Bubba. He's, he's saying, you, Bubba, you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You, Bubba, you love your neighbor as yourself. You do it. And then when the scribe responds back to Jesus, uh, what, he sa- what Jesus says in verses 32 and 34 he doesn't make it personal. He, he, he says, well, you know what, teacher? You're right. To love the Lord your God is the number one. And to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the offerings and the sacrifices. You see the difference? Jesus was saying, you, Bubba. And he was saying, philosophically speaking, to love your neighbor as yourself would be great. It says he sees that Jesus answered intelligently. In other words, from his head. One of my favorite preachers and teachers and authors is Leonard Sweet. And he said something this last week that I really liked. Uh, Leonard Sweet said, God invites us to wrestle with our minds. But even more, God yearns for us to nestle with our hearts. I want to say that again. God invites us to wrestle with our minds. But even more, God yearns for us to nestle with our hearts. 
He goes on to say, we're blessed in the wrestling, but we're baptized in the nestling. Oh, I believe in God. I I read a poll recently that showed 92% of Americans say that they believe in God. You see? You believe in God. But just believing in God is like getting that close to the goal line. Just believing in God is like hitting a long fly ball to center field and getting it to the warning track. Giving intellectual assent to something is different from actually living it. You see? I don't know about you, but I don't want to almost get there. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't want to, to get stopped at the one foot line or to hit the ball to the warning track. I want to actually live what I believe. And I know that I missed the mark. I know I do. And I know I need help, but I want God to rule in my heart. And for that to affect everything that I do in my life, I don't want to do everything else right and then miss love. Uh, One of the most popular scriptures that is read at at many weddings is the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels... But have not love, I'm sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Beautiful poetic words, but very, very hard hitting. Because essentially what the apostle is saying is, if you do everything else right and you don't love, then you've missed it by that much. No matter how religious you are, no matter how much intellectually you wrestle with the concepts If you don't hit love, you've missed it. So, love. But now, here's the thing. Can you really command somebody to love? Well, yes and no. (laughs) Yeah, No in the sense that you can't command a person to love you. It would be like uh, me seeing Tammy for the first time and saying, wow, that is a beautiful woman. And then going up to her and saying, woman, I command you to love me. We would not be married for 29 years if that had happened. Um, You can't do that. You can't do that. Or like when you were a kid, did your mom ever make you go up and hug like Aunt Bertha at, at a family get together? You didn't want to hug Aunt Bertha because Aunt Bertha always pinched your cheeks and she smelled like garlic pickles and you didn't want to hug her? But you did because your mom made you. So no, you can't really command somebody to love somebody. But the answer is yes when we're talking about agape love. And that's what Jesus says in Mark 12. Agape love is a direction of my will. A choice to do something. A choice to love sacrificially. A choice to always seek the best for that person even if they're my enemy. That's how you love your enemy by the way. It's not that you're best friends with them, not that you're romantically involved with them. 
is that you always can seek after the best interest of a person. It's an act of your will. To love your neighbor as yourself is an act of will. To love God with everything you've got. See, we can't command somebody to love somebody romantically or be their best friends, but we can be commanded to love sacrificially in a self-giving way. So, I love God with all my heart and soul, with all my passion. I want to go whole hog at loving God like people do at a baseball game or at a football game. I want to love God with my mind. I want to, I want to read his word. I, I want to listen and I want to, I want to be in a journey group and I want to read books and I want to go to Bible studies and Sunday school. I, I want to wrestle with my mind like Leonard Tweet said. I want to love God with all of my strength. I want to use my, my physical abilities and my talents to do good for the kingdom of God. I want to show love of God by loving my neighbor as myself. We could say a lot about this, but I want you to meditate on that for a little bit. I want you to take this home with you and chew on it a little bit. How could I love my neighbor as myself? What, what is it about my neighbor that I could do that I would want somebody to do to me? What practical ways could I actually live this out? So let's not just wrestle with our minds. Let's nestle with our hearts. I'll just close with this. The Bible is full of folks that got really close but didn't quite make it. There's the scribe here in Mark chapter 12. There's the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10 where Jesus said, hey, you like one thing, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and come follow me. The guy was so close, but he turned around and walked away. There was King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26 where Paul testified before him about what Jesus had done. And Agrippa said in verse 28 of Acts 26, you know what, Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. You almost persuade me. So close. So for us today, for us, today, we believe in God. I bet you if you're online worshiping with, with me or here in the room with me, I bet 100% of us would say that we believe in God, that we believe what Jesus said, we believe what Jesus said about loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We would even say we believe that loving our neighbor as ourselves is what Jesus said and what he meant, that he meant it. We're so close. Let's not stop short. Let's pray. Lord, these words that were spoken 2,000 years ago still burn inside of our hearts today because we still, we still wonder, Lord, what do I have to do? What do I, what's, 
which rules do I have to follow? And, and, and we hear people say this and that, but you made it really easy, Lord. You didn't give us 613 things to do. You just said here, just do these two. Just love God with everything you've got, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And just love your neighbor as yourself. Do these two. Do these two. God, forgive us now for where we have fallen short of that, where we've gotten almost to that point, but we've fallen short of love. Forgive us, Lord, and help us to determine in our hearts to not just think it, but to live, to live your law of love. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, our closing hymn is number 453, More Love to Thee, O Christ. It's a, a hymn, yes, it's also a prayer. So let us prayerfully sing this and let's stand together. Number 453, if you're using the hymnal, More Love to Thee.
And now may we go forth from this place empowered by the Holy Spirit to love God and neighbor. Amen. Thank you.